for the community. Inspire Radio. Yeah, sorry. Just put that other fader up, my love. Oh, there we go. That's a bit better. We are back. <laughs> it's 10.30 this morning and we are about to interview Jason Burton from Alzheimer's WA. Are you there, Jason? Good morning. Good morning. How are you going? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out to speak to us a little bit today, especially as it's International WA Alzheimer's, uh, not WA, sorry, <laughs> International Alzheimer's Day. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your position there at WA Alzheimer's? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Head of Dementia Practice and Innovation at Alzheimer's WA and um, I'm responsible for research innovation projects looking at uh, the needs of people living with dementia in West Australia and how as an organisation we can best meet those needs. Awesome. So what exciting things are you guys finding out about Alzheimer's and dementia? And if you could maybe elaborate a little bit, is there, a, there is a difference between Alzheimer's and dementia, isn't there? Yes, there is. So um, that's probably one of the most often questions I get. Um, and so dementia is really a term that covers a whole range of different neurological conditions, over 100 different types. So it's really an umbrella term that, that covers lots of different conditions. Alzheimer's disease is the most common type of dementia. So, um, so that's, that's kind of the difference is that dementia is the umbrella term. Alzheimer's disease is one of the dementias that sits under that. And what is there? Is it obviously then there's a range, different range in severity then of how it affects people um, suffering from that. You said there's different kinds of dementia. What sort of kinds yeah. of dementia is there? Okay, so there's, there's quite a range of, as I said, there's over 100 different types. Some of them very, very rare. Um, Alzheimer's disease is the most common one. Um, multivascular and cardio dementias that are related to small strokes or blood clots in the brain. Uh, then we have other types of dementia like Lewy body dementia and frontal temporal lobe dementia. So there's lots of different types and they all affect people in slightly different ways. Um, I think one of the, the things to remember about, about somebody living with dementia is you don't just go from one day being cognitively fine to the next day being very, very impaired. It's actually a long process often. Um, and some of the research that we're seeing now is suggesting that the brain starts to change up to 20 years before we see any symptoms at all. So dementia affects people mostly in older age, but younger people do develop dementia as well. Um, so if you develop dementia at 75, it might be that your brain pathology and the changes that are happening in the brain actually start in your mid to late 50s. Um, That's so really it's, interesting. It's a bit of a continuum. Yeah, it's a continuum. It's not just you, as I say, it's not just you don't have dementia, then you do have dementia. Um, it's really this continuum of change that happens in the brain. And as the brain gets more impacted and damaged, we then start to see symptomologies like loss of memory, difficulty with orientation, uh, difficulty with wayfinding and things like that. That's really interesting. And I, I mean, for us and our listeners, we're, we're learning from you today. Um, so I guess my question for you, sorry, this is Ria, um, just is what what can we do if we don't really know a lot about dementia, but to be more welcoming and um, understanding and empathic towards people that are suffering? Yeah, so um, I think as a community, I mean, I think one of the really important things is, that, um, is, is to realise is that we're going to see a lot more people living with dementia in our community. And that's largely because we, ha we are an ageing population in Australia and we're living much longer. So the longer you live, the more chance you are of developing dementia. So at the moment, it's the leading cause of death in women and the second leading cause of death in men. And it will soon overtake heart disease as the leading cause overall. Um, and that's just because we're seeing much, much more people living with dementia. So as a community, um, I think A, we've, 
it's good to become dementia aware and to, 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 to learn about dementia and understand dementia. And then think about, okay, if I had a neighbor or a family member or somebody down the street, or if I run a shop or a business, what could I do to actually help support that person? And sometimes it's just it's just being friendly and saying hello. Um, we find people with dementia often get quite um, isolated and lonely. Um, and there's a stigma around dementia. It's, it's kind of overtaken cancer as the most feared diagnosis that you can get. So there's a kind of a stigma around it. And so we, we just need to sort of take away that stigma and just realize that, you know, people can live well. They can live uh, still live a long life with dementia. And as a community, we just need to become more inclusive, really, and, and more aware. And I, this is a, uh, just a curious question. I'm, I'm sorry, it's Gabby here. One of the most curious questions I actually have, is there any research that has found that maybe this could be possibly maybe even hormone-related or um, are you finding that some of the people that who are being diagnosed, there is things that just seem all to line up the same? Yeah, so it's a really interesting question. Um, we're, still, we're still learning a lot and we still don't know exactly what, what's going on and what's causing the different types of dementia. Well, I mean, one of the things we do know, for example, is that it does affect, Alzheimer's disease does affect more females than males. Um, and so there's, there's, you know, research going on looking at a whole range of uh, hormonal things that are different between men and women and whether that has an impact in terms of um, incidence in people. Uh, there's some research going, interesting research going on around stress and, and cortisol in the body and whether um, if, we, if we live our life with more stress, whether that can be a trigger later in life. Um, we certainly know that there's a lot of uh, key factors that can help reduce the risk of dementia. It won't necessarily stop you getting dementia, but it might reduce the risk. And those are things that um, are really, when we think about the body and any organ of the body, and the brain's no different, um, it's things like uh, diet, exercise, not smoking, not drinking too much. All the stuff that we know is good for us, <laughs> basically will help reduce your risk of getting dementia in later life. There's the old um, fallacy to believe that um, coffee, drinking coffee, they reckon people who drink coffee have like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, you know how you see these things circulating around yeah. um, that drinking coffee yeah. or eating chocolate is going to reduce your chances of getting these. What about people who do things like um, those, I, look, I've got a grandmother, grandmother's one has got dementia, one we feel she yeah. might have it. Um, she loves doing um, crosswords. I've got another that likes yeah. doing jigsaw puzzles. If they do these things, obviously they didn't have iPads and tablets back in the day and mm. they did a lot of these things for, you know, which we, which was good for their brain function. Do you find that doing those things tends to ease the symptoms a little bit more? Yeah, so there's a couple of points to that really. One, one the research shows is that yeah, the higher your education level um, in your younger life, the less likely you are to develop dementia. So that's quite an interesting stat. And then um, in terms of um, the brain itself is a pretty amazing organ. And, and so it's got this thing that we call neuroplasticity. And that basically means that the brain can actually form new connections and, and reconnections, um, which is quite unusual for an organ of the body. Um, and what we know is that if you, um, if you keep the brain exercised, and the, the, thing, the, the thing that people often don't understand though is that the brain is very smart and it quickly learns things. So once you've learned something, you lose, it loses that uh, benefit in neuroplasticity. So if you always do this crossword, then it, at some point in time, it will have less impact and less benefit. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we often say if you can learn new things as often as possible, and once you've learned something, go and learn something else, because if you just keep learning the same thing, it doesn't have the same effect. 
but certainly um, that whole thing around neuroplasticity. And there's a there's a part of the brain called the hippocampus, which is um, inside the brain, and that gets affected by Alzheimer's disease, and we see it shrink. But the interesting thing about the hippocampus is it's also very flexible, and you can actually regrow it. Um, and I think if we if we use some of this neuroplasticity thinking, then it might not stop Alzheimer's disease or dementia. But what it will do is it allows some of the symptomology not to be quite as impacting, possibly. So we're still learning. There's still a lot of us to learn about this, and we're still very much in our infancy in some areas of understanding how the brain works. But each year we learn more and more about how we can both reduce the risk, but also how you can live well with dementia. And so regarding the you know continuous learning, do you have any sorts of fields of study that are best to help prevent dementia? Is that something that has been looked at? No, we don't have that level of information yet, unfortunately. Um, certainly the things that really challenge the brain, like learning a new language or learning to play a musical instrument, um, you know, those sorts of things that really challenge the brain seem to have the best outcomes and best impacts in terms of neuroplasticity. Um, but I think anything that you do, um, both physically to keep yourself fit and active, but also cognitively to keep yourself fit and active cognitively, is definitely going to help. I mean, the other thing that we, we do know as well is that um, social interaction plays a big part. So if, um, if you become quite isolated and lonely, then it seems to dramatically increase your risk of dementia as well. So um, as we get older in life, often our social connections, especially if you retire and you're no longer working, uh, may diminish. So it's really important that people continue to keep their social connections and make that really strong effort to be part of groups or volunteering or, you know, something that keeps you connected to other people. Um, this is one that I've, I've, I don't know if this is true or not. I've heard the fallacy that it only affects older people, but there have been cases of, of younger people actually developing dementia and Alzheimer's. Is this true? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that is that is a kind of one of the uh, stereotypical thinking that it's an old person's disease. But in reality, um, you can develop dementia at any age. It's very rare in younger people, but it's still there. In, in Western Australia, there's over 2,500 people under the age of 65 who are living with dementia. Um, and so, you know, when we, when we get down into the 30s, it's very rare. 40s is quite rare. 50s is, is you know, still rare compared, compared to older people. But it does happen and it, it does affect people in those age groups as well. So it's not just older people. Um, it, it can be at any age, but it's more common the older you get. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I have, sorry, Ria, I thought it's, I had seen actually a, um, I think it was on a Karen affair or something, there was an actual child that did actually, a child had it. And I can't remember the name of it now, I'm sorry, but there is actually, there is a name for it where they do actually get, um, they revert in some sense, they get like an ageing brain and um, they go through a form of dementia and I, I don't know if how, how true it is but they do have a reduced lifespan as well I think as well so um, I have heard of this before it, it must be really really terrible for the families I, I always feel sorry for the the people that go through it because I they don't know that what's happening and I doubt very much they'd want to be feeling that way of, in the situation that they're in. Yeah, it's quite interesting. I mean, my experience is that um, insight into what's happening when somebody develops dementia is very varied. Um, and, you know, and it, I, I meet many people who are very insightful of what's going on for them. Um, obviously, as this condition progresses, and as I said, it is, a, it, is a, it is a continuum. It is a condition that is degenerative. So, you know, you might, you might be driving, working, um, just starting to have some slight memory problems, and you go and see the doctor and he says, right, I think you've got dementia. 
but then you you know that that doesn't mean the next day anything changes from the day before so you know the reality is it takes a period of time as the brain um, gets more impacted and what we see is often that as as people move through that journey of dementia then insight does sometimes become diminished um, but and, but it's really interesting because the brain is such a fascinating thing um, that at times you can think the person isn't aware and then suddenly they can have a very lucid moment and, and will talk to you about how they're feeling about their dementia or how they're feeling about the things that are changing for them. So I, I would say it's very dangerous to assume that nobody has insight because that's not my experience. My experience is people do keep insight. It changes over time, but it, you know, it, it's always best to assume they do. Um, and, and then support them in that way. So if we were to take a look at uh, the symptomology when dementia first starts or Alzheimer's first starts off, if we were to look at that in ourselves, what would we be looking out for to, to see if we should be going for a diagnosis? Yeah, so again, different dementia is different symptoms. But if we, if we just look at Alzheimer's as, as the most common one, um, where Alzheimer's first impacts the brain is, is in the temporal lobe, which is on the side of the head. So if you imagine where your temples are, that part of the brain there um, gets affected first, and the frontal lobe, which is where your forehead is, so the part of the brain behind your forehead. So with Alzheimer's disease, those are the areas that tend to get affected first. And those areas there are, are control a number of different things. So different parts of the brain control different things. Um, so this temporal lobe on the side of the brain is, is part of the... Uh, central processing unit, if you like, in a, like in a computer, that decides about memory and decides whether memories will get stored and whether they're worth keeping or to get rid of. So we often see people who have short-term memory problems. Um, that's really some of the first symptoms of Alzheimer's disease. And the frontal lobe is sometimes around, um, you know, being able to follow a process. So let's say we want to make a cup of tea. You think how many actual steps are involved in making a cup of tea. It's quite a complex process. And so sometimes people might get stuck as they get into that process and they go, I'm not sure what to do next. I've got my tea bag, I've got my cup, but I'm, I've forgotten or I'm not sure that I need to turn the kettle on now. So, um, so using short-term memory and, um, and some of that, that ability to construct a complex process are uh, some of the first symptoms. Um, and again, we all have memory problems. And I often get asked this as well, you know, that, that people get really worried because they've got, you know, the memory's not very good. You know, as human beings, you know, some people's memories are really good and some people's memories are really bad. And, um, and, and that often doesn't change through our lives. Um, so, you know, I often say generally most memory problems are not dementia. So that's important. Um, but if you are concerned about your memory, and especially if it's stuff that you should normally remember, that's the, that's the difference, I think. We all forget things. But if it's stuff that we would normally remember and we just cannot, then um, then it's, that's the time that we should be going to see the GP and having a conversation and saying, I'm a little bit worried about this. Um, because there's lots of other things that can actually cause some of the symptomologies of dementia that aren't dementia. Um, and some of those things can be treated and cured. So it's really important that we go and get checked out and that we find out just what's happening if we are concerned about any, any aspect of our thinking or memory um, in that regard. And so tell us a little bit about your organisation and what you guys are doing um, in the community. Sure. So Alzheimer's WA is, um, is I, I guess, the, the dementia specialist organisation in Western Australia here. We're a charitable organisation that's been around for about 35 years now. Um, and we have a really wide range of services and supports that we do. So we, 
we have direct services, so we support people at home. We have houses where people can come and spend the day with us or spend a week with us. Um, that gives the carer a bit of a break, but also allows us to support the person living with dementia. What, one of the things that is really interesting is that um, what we see is often um, the experience of dementia can be very different. So if the person's quite distressed because uh, they're, you know, then then maybe their social world is collapsing, or the carer's getting really stressed, or they're getting really frustrated, then the dementia can have a much bigger impact. So when they come to us in one of our houses, we work really hard on well-being to try and encourage the person to re-engage with things, to look at their autonomy and look at supporting them. And we find that that makes a difference to the way that they then live with dementia. So we have a whole range of services based around that. We have early intervention programs. So somebody who's just been diagnosed, we have a, a whole program for the family and that person to help them come to terms with that diagnosis. Um, and to, to think and start planning for the future. Uh, we have family education, so dementia is a symbiotic condition, so it affects the person diagnosed, but it also has a major impact on the carer and the family around them. So we have support for the family in terms of education, carer support groups, uh, information and advice they can get from us. And then we have a big capacity building arm as well, because there's, there's over 14 about 44,000 people living with dementia in Western Australia and obviously we can't reach them all. So we build capacity in others and sometimes that's local government and we work with um, businesses like cafes and things like that um, to become dementia friendly. We work with other aged care organisations to help support them to improve their dementia practice. So we've got a very big capacity building arm as well. So, And then we do peak body work and advocacy for government and lobbying and, and things like that as well. Um. Just a quick question. We've only got a couple of minutes left, but what I was going to ask is, do you often find that uh, dementia, um, Alzheimer's is sensory related as well? So there is, it seems to be a lot of, um, I know that now we're embracing bringing dogs into nursing homes, cats. I've, I've heard a lot about cats and dogs being very therapeutic to people, dementia patients. Um, often, I've, I've, I mean, I've got a grandmother who's got, like I said, I've, I've had a great grandmother. She was 103, mind you. Um, but she, she was in a nursing home. She didn't have it but she was around patients who did and often the time they'll carry a doll around um like a comfort yeah. so is it often yeah, look, is it sensory yeah. is it i think um i think one of the really important things to understand and, and one of the big myths in dementia i think is that somehow people change from being people so you know when we think about dogs or cats or any pet um we all or, or a lot of people get benefit from having a pet Okay, I've got a dog at home, um, mm. and that won't change if I get dementia. So I've always been a dog person. I've had a dog all my life, um, and if I get dementia and end up having to live in a residential care home, for example, I really hope there's a dog there because I will connect with that dog because I've always connected with dogs. Um, so I think it's really important that we, we, we really have to see the person and what they've always needed as a human being. They'll continue to need if they get dementia. And so we have to set up our care environments particularly to make sure that we can meet those needs. Sure, there is a sensory need as well, and sometimes that becomes increased with dementia. Often I, I find that um, people living with dementia have a, have a really strong need for connection. And that, again, we all need connection. And I think COVID, if you think about COVID as an experience um, that people have been going through around the world, that's often the experience of people living with dementia. They're isolated. They're not able to connect with people like they used to be able to do. Sometimes they're not able to go out because they might, you know, other people are worried they might get lost. 
Um, so our COVID experience is actually the experience many people living with dementia face every day. Um, so if we think about that and think about what we need as human beings, that won't change with dementia if we get dementia. And so we really have to set up the environment that meets human needs, basically. Yeah, that's awesome. Great advice. Look, thank you so much for speaking to us today. It sounds like you guys are doing some really great things at WA Alzheimer's. Um, we're going to share you got your page all over our Facebook and get people to support you guys. And um, we really appreciate you taking the time out today, in, 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 in obviously in support of International Alzheimer's Day. So thank you so much for that. And thank you for all the work that you guys are doing there. We really, really appreciate it, especially, like I said, someone who's got a family member going through it yeah (laughs) no it's my pleasure and and i encourage people to get in touch with us if if they're living with dementia or they're worried about their memories we've got lots of help oh no that's absolutely awesome thank you so much we hope you have a wonderful day and thank you thanks very much thank you jason see ya and coming up right now i mean i know i'm still the one are you (laughs) for the community Inspire Radio.